Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. Today I'm going to read an excerpt from a book called The Heritage of America. It was published way back in the 1930s. The title of the article is called John Quincy Adams is No More. John Quincy Adams retired from the presidency in 1829. He was a defeated and a discouraged man, but with characteristic willingness to serve his people, he accepted a seat in the lower house of Congress, which his constituency tendered him and served there for 17 years. The most venerable figure in the house, he was likewise the ablest and most feared debater. And in his 70th year, he fought and won a memorable fight for the right of petition. He fought against slavery the whole time. His death at his post of duty was a fitting end to a long and useful life. February 24, 1848. Death of Mr. Adams, John Quincy Adams is no more. Full of age and honors, the termination of his eventful career accorded with the character of its progress. He died, as he must have wished to die, breathing his last in the capital, stricken down by the angel of death on the field of his civil glory, employed in the service of the people, in the people's senate house, standing by the constitution at the side of its altar, and administering in the temple of liberty the rights which he had assisted in establishing. At twenty minutes past one o'clock on Monday the 21st, Mr. Adams, being in his seat in the House of Representatives, from which he was never absent during its session, attempted to rise, as was supposed to speak, but sank back upon his seat and fell upon his side. Those nearest caught him in their arms. Mr. Grinnell bathed his temples with ice water. When he rallied for an instant, the House immediately adjourned in the utmost consternation, as did the Senate when informed of the melancholy event. His last words were characterized by that concise eloquence for which, which he was remarkable. Quote, this is the last of earth. I am content. Dr. Fries of Ohio, a member, raised him in his arms and bore him to the speaker's room where he lay with occasional indications of consciousness. Until last evening, a few minutes before seven o'clock, when he breathed his last. The intelligence of his death came to Albany by the telegraph. Thus has, quote, a great man fallen in Israel, unquote. In many respects, the most wonderful man of the age, certainly the greatest in the United States, perfect in knowledge but deficient in practical results. As a statesman, he was pure and incorruptible, but too irascible 
to lead men's judgment. They admired him, and all voices were hushed when he rose to speak, because they were sure of being instructed by the words he was about to utter. But he made no converts in his opinions, and when president, his desire to avoid party influence lost him all the favor of all parties. In matters of history, tradition, statistics, authorities, and practice, he was the oracle of the house of which he was at the time of his decease a member. With an unfailing memory, rendered stronger by cultivation, he was never mistaken. None disputed his authority. Every circumstance of his long life was, quote, penned down at the moment of its occurrence. <clears throat> Every written communication, even to the minute of a dinner invitation, was carefully preserved, and nothing passed uncopied from his pen. He, quote, talked like a book, end quote, on all subjects, equal to the highest the planetary system was not above his grasp. Familiar with the lowest, he could explain the mysteries of a mousetrap. I listened once at my own table with a delight which I shall never forget to his dissertation on the writings of Shakespeare and an analysis of the character of Hamlet, the most beautiful creation, he called it, of the human imagination. At my request, he afterwards sent me a synopsis of the latter part of this delightful conversation, a paper which has always been a treasure to me and which will be more precious now than its illustrious author is no more. I listened once with Mr. Webster for an hour at Mr. Adams' breakfast table in Washington to a disquisition that's disquisition, on the subject of dancing girls. From those who danced before the ark, and the daughter of Jairus, whose premature appearance caused so melancholy a termination of her graceful movements in the dance. Through the fascinating exhibition of the odalisks of the harem, down to the present times of Fanny Elsler and Taglioni, he was ignorant on no subject and could enlighten and instruct on all. He loved to talk and was pleased with good listeners, vain, no doubt, and not entirely free from prejudices, but preserving his mental faculties to the last. His sudden death, even at the advanced age of eighty years, to which he arrived in July last, will be acutely felt and deeply deplored by those who have habitually enjoyed the refreshing streams which flowed from the copious fountains of his diversified knowledge. Mr. Adams' name will be recorded on the brightest page of American history, a statesman, a diplomatist, a philosopher, orator, author, and above all, Christian. From the diary of Philip Hone, 
That's H-O-N-E. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Remember, you're learning the truth. Speak with boldness. Tell your friends. And keep your powder dry. <laughs>